Welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. We're so happy to have you joining us here today. Today's episode is an audio file that is taken from one of our Nourish Bible Study series titled You Belong to the Bridegroom. If you'd like to learn more about the Nourish Bible Study series and download free chapters, then you can visit our website at www.treasuredministries.com. We'll also include a link in our description box, so you can click there and it'll take you to find out more about the series. Now let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. Hey there, I'm Eileen Thompson, the founder of Treasure Ministries, and I want to welcome you into my living room. This is the place where I gather with my Nourish Together group, and I'm so excited that you've chosen to gather with me as we walk through You Belong to the Bridegroom. And I want to start by telling a story, a story that's very dear to my heart. About two years ago, a woman, and I'll name her Mary so that I can protect her name, um, gave me a call and she was connected through Treasure Ministries because somebody gave her the study, You Belong to the Bridegroom. And she called me to tell me the story of how it had impacted her life, but most importantly, how it had impacted her daughter's life. And this story was absolutely the perfect introduction into our time together. So her mother told me that her daughter had walked through a very difficult marriage. And on the outside, everything looked perfect. Her husband was a wonderful provider. She had everything that she needed, but her husband was also a perfectionist and many times behind closed doors and and not so that everybody could see. He was very emotionally abusive to her. And over the course of time, she, she told me that her daughter really just began to wilt under the weight of those words that were consistently flung her way. And so her mother, um, after having done You Belong to the Bridegroom, bought another copy of the study, and she wrapped it up, and she tied a pretty bow on top, and she brought it to her daughter's house. And she said to her daughter, I know that you're not much into Bible study, but I want you to go on a journey. And I want this study, I want you to consider it like a wedding shower gift because you are getting ready to meet Jesus, your heavenly husband, and walk in a deeper relationship with him. And her daughter just began with with tears filled in her eyes and the divorce had been complete and um, her life was just in shambles. She began to open up the study and she began to walk through You Belong to the Bridegroom. And her mother, Mary, told me, Eileen, I saw my daughter come back to life. I saw her heart flourish again. And it wasn't because of the commentary that I had written, and it wasn't because of anything else. Then she had encountered Jesus. You see, when Jesus spoke to women in the Gospels, his words to them were life-changing. They could see themselves differently. They could look at God differently. 
and they began to live differently. And that is my prayer for you as we walk through this study, that you would see this book as a wedding shower gift, as an invitation for you to walk deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's begin. So I wanna explain to you a little bit about the title, You Belong to the Bridegroom. Um, so psychologists talk about a term called a sense of belonging. And every human being is looking for this sense of belonging. And psychologists who study our souls tell us that that need within our soul is so essential it's like our need for food and water. And because that need is so great, it creates um, a pull. That, that need creates a pull in our life and we're looking for something to fill it. And as we walk through life, we'll put different things inside of that place to fill it. Um, and whatever we put, inside of the center and and for women it's different things sometimes we put people at the center sometimes we put our positions or titles at the center sometimes we put our possessions at the center and oftentimes it's the world that teaches us to be externally referenced to find our security our sense of belonging in things that are outside but God invites us. In fact, he created us with that need inside of us so that our souls would find him. You see, true security happens in our life when we put Jesus in the center. But like I said, you know, the world is a place that offers us many options and we'll put many different things inside of the center. And whatever is at the center of our life will control us, right? Because if we're placing our security in something, we don't want to lose it. And because of that, whatever that thing or person is, has a tremendous amount of control over our life. And that's even, I believe, the root of our feelings of insecurity if I'm putting what other people think about me in my center and I'm worried about gaining acceptance from others, that's a place of insecurity because something has been placed at the center, that source of where I'm looking to get my sense of belonging. Well, over the years, there's been lots of solutions offered there's been psychologists that have offered solutions. There's been philosophers throughout the ages. And Jesus was one of those that offered a solution. And Jesus' solution was for every woman to take her eyes off of things of the earth and lift them up into eternity to find their solution for security in a Savior. And so as we study together, that's my invitation to you, for you to take your eyes off of things of the earth and lift them up to eternity and begin to see Jesus in a deeper relationship with him. You know, for years I battled insecurity and I still, I still have those feelings of insecurity that creep over me. But it was when I walked through the Gospel of Mark 
and began to just look at Jesus with a fresh set of eyes, seeing him literally as my heavenly husband, that was the very key that began to give me a source of secure confidence in a broken and insecure world. Now, I know what you might be thinking because I was thinking that too. Well, that's a little weird and outside of the box to think of Jesus as my heavenly husband. I mean, we talk about uh, Jesus, our brother. We talk about God, our father. But seeing Jesus this way, well, I mean, isn't that a little weird? And I, I know what you're saying, but I want you to think about um, that picture of a relationship that is so intimate and so secure that what, despite your circumstances, that's whatever is going around you, that you have Jesus at the center and you have all the security that you need. You see, security is found when Jesus moves into the center of our lives. So I want you to open up to the book of John. We're going to go to the third chapter to um, verse 25. And we're going to be looking at the very scripture where I got the title for this study and also how John the Baptist gave that invitation to his followers to take their eyes off of things of the earth and to lift them up to Jesus to find their true security. So I'm going to be starting in verse 25. It says, a debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody's going to him instead of us. Well, right there, you see that John's disciples, what's going on here is they have been baptizing people in preparation for Jesus' coming and for the birth of his ministry. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and he begins to baptize and people begin to flock to him. And they're leaving John the Baptist and, and they're saying, wait a minute, John, what's going on? And even in this scenario, we can see a little bit of insecurity coming up inside of inside of John's disciples. And then though, John realizes what is going on. John realizes that Jesus is here and he is on the scene. And so he invites his disciples to lift their eyes off of him and to put them on Jesus. He says this, to this John replied, a person can receive only what is given from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. You see, John knew he was not the Savior, and he pointed others to Jesus. And many times, as women, we can seek to make other people our Savior, or we can seek to want to be the Savior for somebody, but that's not a place of security, and that was not Jesus' will for our life. And so, and so John comes to them, basically, and he says to them, everything that I have has been given from heaven. And then he says, remember, I said that I'm not the Savior, I'm not the Messiah. And then in verse 29, he says this, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom and waits for him listens to him and his, is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. He must become greater, 
and I must become less. I love the message translation of this verse. It says, that's why my cup is running over. This is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off into the sidelines. And if you're doing this study, the entire goal of this study is for you to have an encounter with Jesus. This is the appointed time for him to move into the center of our lives. And not that our lives would now, our circumstances would be all perfect, but that by moving him into the center, we have a place of security, of unconditional love, of, of, that is pure, that cannot be taken from us. Now is your appointed time to move Jesus into the center. Then John goes on to say, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. In other words, John was saying, I am human, but there is one that is greater than me, and he is the one. It's now my time to slip off to the side because this is the appointed time for Jesus to move to the center. And this is your appointed time too. Because when we move Jesus into the center, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. And when that perfect love takes its place, its rightful place into the center of our life, we have a source of confidence that can never be taken from us. The Bible says that when we belong to the bridegroom, that it is impossible to lose his acceptance. Romans 8.1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. When we belong to the bridegroom, we gain a new identity. 2 Corinthians says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. When we belong to Jesus, we become free from the power of sin, dominating and controlling our lives. Romans 8 says this, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. When you belong to the bridegroom, you become an heir to an inheritance that is kept secure for you in heaven. Galatians 3.29 says this, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, you are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. When you belong to the bridegroom, you become his bride. And he gives to you, and he guards you, and he guides you, and he takes care of you as you listen to him, as you're led by the Holy Spirit. Now, all of that sounds wonderful, but I wonder if any of you are like me, that sometimes you don't feel like you're free from the power of sin, or sometimes you don't feel secure in your identity, or sometimes those feelings of, of shame and condemnation can come over you to, to just tell you otherwise. 
And the reality is that while our identity is an inner relationship with Jesus Christ, that we still live in a broken world with broken circumstances and broken people. And Jesus calls us to walk a new way, not by faith in our circumstances, but by faith inside of his word. And so, as you walk through the gospel of Mark, we are going to move Jesus to the center and we're going to do that by walking in a deeper relationship with him because a relationship with Jesus, that is the force that drives him to the center of our lives. And any time I have those feelings of insecure come over me or, or fear or, or uh, just condemnation, I drop back and I ask myself, Eileen, what is at your center? What voices are you listening to? Is it your bridegroom or is it something or somewhere else? And from that place, I can drop back, I can pray, and I can put him in the center again. And so as you walk through the Gospel of Mark, and as you look at each chapter and each scripture, the goal is a deeper relationship with Jesus. And that is exactly the goal of the Nourish Bible Study Method. The goal of Nourish, and I, I'll probably say this, probably every, every time that you and I are together, I will say this, but the goal of the Nourish Bible Study Method is for you to connect with Jesus. That is the goal. It is for you to encounter Jesus and his life-changing words so that you can live the truth and make a difference. And it is through that Nourish Bible Study Method that gives you that framework to connect with Jesus, that as you hear his words and as you walk in that truth, that your relationship will grow deeper one step at a time. So in closing today, I wanna just share with you a few little um, tips about the Nourish Bible Study Method. And the first thing that I wanna say is that when you use Nourish, it's a little bit different from maybe Bible studies you've done in the past because it's not your typical fill in the blank, right? you're actually coming to the Word and you're asking Jesus to teach you through the Word. And many times I will get um, calls from women and they'll say to me, I'll never forget this one woman said, you've gotta come and have coffee with me so I can share this with you. And she said, you know, the first three weeks of the study, I just wasn't sure what to do because I didn't have my fill in the blank and answer. But as I began to just pray and ask God to speak, the words of the Bible began to literally jump off the page. And she said to me, I've been doing Bible studies for years and years and years, and your study allowed room for the Holy Spirit to speak. And so don't get frustrated. Remember, your goal is to make yourself available, is to come to Him. And it's God's, God's job to speak to you. And so as you're walking through Nourish, just relax in his presence and come to him and pray and invite him to speak to you. 
The second thing that I want to say about Nourish is I want to be sure um, that you know about our 21-day challenge. If you go to www.nourishbiblestudymethod.com, you can sign up for our 21-day challenge. Now, what I like about the 21-day challenge is that it breaks up the Nourish Bible Study Method in 21 steps. And so after you've read the introduction in this book about Discovering Nourish, if you have a question on a specific step, you'll be able to go right to that lesson and get the information you need. And not only that, but if you have a question, that's a great place to leave it because our staff is looking at that each and every day. So I am so excited for you to join in, in this journey. And I invite you as you walk through the Gospel of Mark to lift your eyes up to eternity and find security with perfect love.